0: DJPK brought to you apart by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. Time to talk NBA draft with Eric Walden, Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. He joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. July is considered Smart Irrigation Month to celebrate. Best of State award winner Smart Rain is giving away free smart controllers to commercial properties until the end of July. Hosting costs not included. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333 for more info. Eric, good morning.
1: How's it going, Mr. DJ? It's
0: going pretty well. I haven't seen you in a long time, in person. I mean, I've seen you in Zoom. Yeah. Uh, But as Kyle Whittingham said at Media Day, I am so sick of Zoom I could puke. (laughs) Do you think we're going to be Zooming, or do you think we're about to resume what we referred to in the before times as normal activity?
1: Well, uh, you know, it's funny. We had Some of us beat writers had a conversation with uh, Jazz PR the other day about um, how to kind of approach draft coverage. Because in previous years, you know, they had us all over to uh, the ZBBC to hang out and watch it and and be there for when, you know, the Jazz made their picks and Dennis and Justin would come out and, and talk to us and we debated, you know, how are, how, how's everyone feeling about hanging out in person this year and doing it? And uh, it sounds like it's a go. So, you know, those of us who are vaccinated are going to be getting together at the Zion Bank Basketball Campus tomorrow and hopefully that's the start of uh, a lot more in-person stuff to come.
0: I'll be interested to see if TV and radio get invited. Can't wait to see how that plays out.
1: Nobody likes you, TV and radio guys. Oh, we're aware. We're
0: aware of that. Don't worry.
1: You're too pretty. You make us all feel bad.
0: And that has literally never been said to me in my entire life. (laughs) So, that brings up the point. Are you going to be over there to hear who they drafted, and why? Are you going to be over there to hear that they've traded out of the 30th pick and why?
1: That's a good question. It, it, it won't shock me if they trade out of the 30th pick. I guess the question is going to be how do they pull it off. Um, you know, everyone, everyone kind of, you know, the scuttlebutt seems to be that they'd like to move up, and there certainly are teams that would be amenable. To letting them move up, the the question becomes: How do they go about doing that? Because they don't have their own second round pick to throw in a deal this year. They don't. They probably are not going to have their first round pick next year because they still owe one to Memphis from the Mike Conley deal, and that seems likely to convey next year. Uh, the Jazz would have to absolutely crater the season and finish in the you know top. Finishing the bottom six worst teams in the league last year, in order to keep that pick, uh, they don't have their own second-round pick next year. You know, so, so you can kind of see where we're going. Do they attach a player to make it happen? Uh, you know, do they do they wind up at having to attach this year's pick to the likes of Derek Favors in order to move his salary off the books? So, uh, I, I do expect them to move it one way or another, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they pull that off and and what exactly their, their priority is in doing that.
0: Rudy's 29 years old. Donovan is done with his rookie contract now. He's into the second contract, which is, for lack of a better phrase, the unrestricted contract. Excuse me, the restricted contract. Uh, You know, the third deal, you're an unrestricted free agent. So Donovan signed for five years, but the fifth is his option. So it seems like the Jazz have a three- to four-year window to win now. Do you think they are all in on the winning now part and are not eliminating, because you never eliminate it, but de-emphasizing the whole draft development thing and that that roster spot and money is better spent on a veteran who, while not useful all the time, could be useful in one or two playoff series.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely probably what their priority is. You know, um, you finish with the best record uh, in the regular season this year. You know, I'm sure, I don't know if they would admit to it being a surprise to them, but I think it was a surprise to a lot of people there, you know, if you recall, there were some people predicting that Jazz were going to miss the playoffs entirely this season. So them finishing first was certainly a surprise to some people. But, you know, now that you've shown you can get there, but, um, you know, continue to have that heartbreak in the postseason, it seems that uh, they've got great motivation to really kind of go for it. Because, yeah, you know, as as you mentioned, they're in that spot now where – you know, Donovan's making a bunch of money. Rudy's making a bunch of money. These guys are established in the league. Uh, if you can bring Mike Conley back, you know, he's on the he's on the back nine of his career and doesn't probably have too many more seasons of, of elite-level play. So, yeah, they've definitely got to be in uh, win-now mode. They've got to be in go-for-it mode. So, yeah, the question becomes how do they – do that, you know, which, which kind of players can they target for that? Because, yeah, obviously you know, you don't know what you're going to get. For all, the, for all the complaining about, you know, taking Doak instead of Desmond Bain a year ago, does, does Desmond Bay prove the guy who would have gotten this team into the NBA Finals? I, you know, I, I, I like my chances with uh, Nick Batum a lot better, you know, all things being equal. But um, yeah, I think, I think they're more inclined to go for veteran help Again, they're going to be trying to navigate, you know, some, some tricky circumstances with the salary cap. Uh, just because, as you mentioned, you know, Donovan goes from a rookie scale contract to an NBA All Star and near All NBA team contract. You know, Rudy got uh, has has his extension kicking in. So even before we get to Mike Conley. This is becoming an expensive team, and, you know, it's, it's easy for fans to say, hey, Ryan Smith's a billionaire, just spend the money. Uh, you know, that's, that's true up to a point. Um, it's not your money. You know, it's, it's real easy to give away someone else's money. Um, and, and he's looking at a huge tax bill as it stands right now. So, you know, there's going to there's gonna be some trickiness going on there.
0: Rudy and Donovan combined are going to make a little over $63 million next year so yeah, yeah let that sink and it just goes up right at 68 yeah. to 73 and and up it goes so you've already mentioned the possibility of moving Derek favors contract who do you think is the jazz backup center or for for backup center might not be right who handles the 10 to 15 minutes a game that rudy gobert doesn't play
1: that's that's an excellent question you know um they're going to have to really start looking into who's available on the market because I think you know they <laughs> that that Clippers series really kind of drove home the need for a little bit more versatility. You know, um, obviously, I'm sure they'd like uh, Udoka Izabuki to take a step forward this year, and you know, if nothing else, he's the guy. But I think they would like a guy like a Nick Batum to be able to step in. Um, you know, if possible. He's a guy who for most of his career was, was a three um, in Portland and, and Charlotte. And then the way the league has gone, he became a four. And, and now even the way he played last year with the Clippers on a minimum contract, you know, we saw him at the five a lot. Um, the question is going to be, you know, is it, is it feasible to bring him in? You know, he, he played on a minimum deal for the Clippers last year. He played well enough. I don't think he's gettable for a minimum again. So the question becomes, you know, do they want to spend the taxpayer's mid-level exception, which is gonna be, what, six and a half, a little less than $7 million this year on Nick Batuman. Can you get him for that? And otherwise, you know, you're looking at, uh, can you afford a Bobby Portis? Can you afford, you know, a a Nerland Noel, someone like that? these are, these are the kind of guys they're going to be looking at. The question is, are they going to be priced out of guys like that? So it's a, it's a good question, DJ.
0: So do you think that um, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson is in a similar price range? They're all over $10 million in salary. Does that group return to run it back one more time, or do you think there's a possibility they're going to get aggressive and we'll see roster changes that might surprise some
1: people? I think there's a possibility of it. You know, um, like I said, you know, I, I brought up the favors one, I think, as the season went on, and, and then especially how the playoffs unfolded. There was some, there's a little bit of buyer's remorse there, not because, you know, anyone's disappointed in Derek favors. He he obviously is a solid citizen and, and, and did what they asked him to and did the best he could, but um, just the fact that, You know his play clearly diminished, and and you know here he is making the mid-level exception. If they could find someone to take that, I think he'd be option number one. Um, Joe Ingles is an interesting one, just because he's in the final year of his deal. Um, You know he's he's making I want to say a little over thirteen million is his cap hit this coming season. Uh, Much as we all love Joe, you know, I think it's it's fair to wonder at this point, is that a bit too much for what we can expect of him going forward? Uh, I I think it's fair to say his defense has dropped off a little bit. Um, I think we saw that their plan to kind of use him as the de facto, you know, second string point guard uh, did not really kind of pay off the way they wanted, you know, and, and he clearly is better suited for a secondary playmaking role. So he's a candidate um, with boy on, it's a little trickier because he's got two years left on his deal for more money. Um, you know, can you find someone that wants him at 18.7 million this year, 19.6 next year. And, you know, again, what are you getting back for these guys becomes the point, you know, at, at, at what point are you decimating a team uh, excessively, you know, that finished first in the Western conference at what, at what point do you want to, uh, you know, say, well, we need to change this and this and this, how much, you know, at, at what point does it become a little too reactionary in kind of, uh, you know, killing the identity of this team for the sake of reacting to how one specific series went.
0: So we can talk about the depth of a team as much as we want, but we've seen star-powered drive championship teams for decades, and even though the NBA changes, Giannis Antetokounmpo has three 40-point games in the NBA Finals, 50 in the clinching game, and they get the championship. Donovan Mitchell has found another gear every year he's been in the league. At some point he will peak, but has that happened yet, or do you think he's going to come back even better in the next season?
1: I expect Donovan's going to come back better. You know, I, I think a lot of people in the league feel this way, that, um, you know, he's he's on the verge of becoming just an absolute scoring superstar. You know, Um he hasn't necessarily needed to do that in the regular season just because of the way this team has been constructed and the fact that you know mike conley had his first all-star season and boy bogdanovich uh when he's healthy and when his wrist is right is a, is a great secondary option um but we've seen him have those moments in the postseason you know he's he's one of the top all-time points per game scorers in nba playoff history and granted his sample size is smaller than a lot of the old-timer guys who he's ahead of right now and and you would expect you know that when he gets a little older and into his career maybe that'll decline a little bit but yeah there's absolutely room for him to continue that upward trajectory and and I don't think anyone uh believes that he's that he's at his peak yet you know um Rudy Gobert loves to tell us every season that he's only scratching the surface and and Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole with Rudy. I don't feel like that's that's the case with Donovan yet. Um, I feel like there's there's more room to go. I mean, uh, if you had asked someone a couple years ago, who's the better shooter between Devin Booker and, and then Donovan Mitchell, you know, 99 people out of 100 tell you Devin Booker. And is that the case anymore? I mean, you look at their shooting splits and – Donovan was a lot more efficient this last season on a lot more attempts per game, you know, and that wasn't his game coming into the league. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about there in terms of in terms of his upcoming growth.
0: Miany, Jawan Morgan, Elijah Hughes, are any of these guys about to take the step that in previous seasons we saw Royce O'Neill and Joe Ingles take, where they went from the fringe of the roster into the rotation and contributed? Um, you got any higher hopes for any one of those guys than anybody else?
1: Uh, I would honestly be a little surprised that Jawan Morgan is back on the team this coming season. I don't have any inside intel on that, but just given you know kind of the way they need to go and and from what i've seen of him i don't have a whole lot of hope there me i know that there's still some kind of internal hope that that he can become you know that he can fulfill some of that uh perimeter wing defense that they're that they're so badly needing but um i don't know The, the guy is so foul prone you know he picks up two fouls on his way to the scorers table every game um that, and I just don't know if the, if the shot is going to be consistent enough. I would say, you know, in my view, Elijah Hughes maybe has the best uh, potential there of the three to become something. But um, just given how the rookie season went, you know, again, that's, that's a difficult projection to make. But of the three, he's probably the one who I personally would lean towards the most.
0: So you got anybody in this NBA draft you really love, even if the Jazz can't move up to get him, someone who's going to be the next big star, and you are convinced this is the guy?
1: Yeah, Cade Cunningham. You heard of him?
0: I have. (laughs) But I've seen number 1 picks flame out before, so not everybody's on the same page. I didn't want to bias you by leading the the witness, Your Honor.
1: (laughs) No, there's, you know, I, I don't... Study the NBA draft with the same intensity and fervor and duration that uh, the great Tony Jones does. <laughs> who is a college basketball fanatic and, and, and is watching games nonstop all season long. I'm more a guy who pays you know attention here and there during the season, but um, you know I'm mostly <laughs> focused on what's going on in the NBA. And then and then once the Jazz season over is over, I really kind of take a deep dive in, into you know the college basketball season. Um, you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who I've come to like and and think something of in terms of guys who are maybe closer to the Jazz range. I think Oregon's Chris Duarte is, is going to be a great plug-and-play uh, three-point three-and-d kind of a guy. Um, you know, a lot of teams are maybe a little leery of him just because he's 24 and you don't get the same number of years out of him. Um, but, again, I don't think he lasts to where they can get within range, To I've heard uh, he, he may go, you know, in the teens at this point, in the mid-teens at that. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of some names that, uh, you know, might be in the in the 20s. I've heard that uh, A.O. Of, of Illinois is the guy who's starting to kind of creep back up. He was the guy who was initially thought to be a late second round or a late first-round pick. Kind of dropped into the middle of the second round at one point. And now seems to be creeping back up. A lot of teams think you know he's a great ball handler and and is a very switchable wing, uh, six five guy out of out of Illinois. Um, who else? Josh Primo is out of Alabama. Is the kid I really like, but uh, I don't know that he makes a ton of sense for the Jazz just because he's the youngest guy in the draft this year. He's 18 years old and if he were to stay in the draft and come out next year uh probably would be a top 10 pick this year you're paying for a guy who can give you some shooting immediately but who's going to need a lot of work elsewhere so uh those those are some of the names that that stand out to me
0: well as always we appreciate the time eric thanks for coming back on the show and uh spelling out the draft for us and uh We'll see if they if they make the trade. I I expect that's the way it's going, but it's hard to know because you never know what someone's going to call an offer at the last second.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing that we're hearing that a lot of teams, you know, are are really kind of expecting a ton of movement this year in the draft, but that, uh, you know, maybe not a ton of that happens beforehand. You know, that it's that it is indeed kind of a last minute thing. So keep our eyes and ears peeled and and see how it goes and uh in the meantime thanks for having me on and it was great having a civilized polite professional conversation with you and not that other guy no
0: oh, whatever <laughs> see people <laughs> buy that stuff but you know you and he know each other better than you and I
1: yeah you've uh,
0: got you've got Tribune history backstory
1: yeah PK and I go way back I, I first got to know him when I was just a uh dumb know-nothing student at the university of utah trying to find my way in the in the utah sports market and uh believe it or not pk was actually a guy who who was kind enough to take me under his wing and and kind of help me out and 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 teach me a thing or two so and then you come
0: uh, on his radio uh, show and light him up is that how well he'd expect nothing less actually though so it probably probably works out this
1: is this is how pk and i go you know
0: there you go. Well, Eric, we appreciate the time, uh, and people can follow you at Trib Jazz on Twitter for all the draft updates, right? That's right. There it is, at Trib Jazz. All right, thanks, Eric.
1: Thanks, DJ.
0: Bye. Eric Walden, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. Stay with us.